Hey, Gavin here, Business Mastermind Podcast. And in this Revive season, the season of Revive for the podcast, we are going to talk about leadership and specifically how what are the things that leaders need to be doing differently in SMEs and in corporates? Um, Where do they need to be putting their focus and attention? We've had a mammoth or a marathon period of disruption, of remote working, of people on furlough. Uh, We're now sort of facing back into the office. We're engaging with hybrid sort of work patterns between sometimes working from home and sometimes working in the office environment. You've got people that have been on furlough for, for more than a year who are coming back into work. Some I am hearing increasingly are reluctant to come back, much to the incredulation, uh, incredulity, incredulity, and um, uh, frustration of the leaders in the, in the business. So, I wanted to bring on a leadership expert today for us to just delve into this because what I think the tendency is, and what I believe, uh, you know, is to get back into head down ops, get into operational delivery. Let's build that revenue again. Let's ensure that we maintain those kind of profit advantages that we may have done over the last year in some cases or make back from uh, make up from you know losses of the, the past 15 months so the encouragement here then is is sorry the, the tendency would be let's jump into operations i want to have a conversation now about where's a leader how you show up or what you need to be paying attention to while you're focusing uh, on re- the resumption of business uh, activity uh, with with people back in so i've invited tony brooks tony uh, to the podcast tony is a leadership psychologist he's got over 14 years of expertise working within the sme sector uh, he's a speaker on leadership and leadership mindset and he's the author of a book pi leadership If you're loving these podcasts, then please do head over to buymeacoffee.com forward slash business master. It's super easy. I promise you, your support really is appreciated. And it helps in the creation of these in-depth masterclasses and interviews to equip you, your team and your business for growth. If you have supported us already, many thanks. And if not, you can do this by heading over to buymeacoffee.com forward slash business master. You'll also be able to get access to exclusive content from the guests and myself, further insights and information on the featured episodes and how you can get more access for you and your business. Tony, welcome to the Business Mastermind podcast. Thank you, Gavin. And I'm really great to be joining you today. So let's dive in. Yeah, I set the scene there around how things uh, have been over the last, um, you know, year, knocking on year, you know, we're heading towards a year and a half. That, as I say, I, I've observed business owners really focused on gearing the business back up, increasing the tempo of trade or reintegrating team members that may have been working from home or um, on furlough. I'm also seeing leaders that are um, frustrated at some reluctance from members of the team coming back to work or coming back, you know, from furlough or coming back into the office. So in addition to negotiating all the operational aspects, what do you think leaders and SME business, business owners, leadership teams should be focusing on now? Yeah, Gavin, I thought you painted the picture really well as well in that um, it's become complex, hasn't it, now in terms of some people are reluctant to come back, there's going to be hybrid working, all of these kind of things. And I guess a lot of leaders, companies have been to a great extent in a more reactive mode the last 15, 16 months. And for me, I think it's a really important time to shift back to being more proactive. And um, Certainly the companies that I'm working with 
some of them have had a much tougher time than others getting through the last yeah. 16 months. But it's a good time now to, to stand back from it, certainly as a, a head of an SME or a leadership group, and start to say, OK, we may have pivoted. That's a really great word. Everyone loves that, don't they, Gavin, during this? Absolutely. Yeah, we may yeah. have pivoted, changed direction. But actually, now we need to stand back and say, yes, it is a potentially a different climate out there, a different marketing uh, environment that we're dealing with, different demands for products and services. Where are we going to take our business? And I think the responsibility is on the leaders initially to start looking at that vision and inspiring people with the vision, but then also to be ready, willing and able to take feedback from their people. The people who are on the front line who are seeing shifts and changes and engaging with customers and say, what do you think? So I don't think it's one of these where you, you know, you hand down a vision. I've never believed that anyway, but even more so now, I think um, it's definitely a time to engage people with that strategic vision and where the company's going to go as well. So I think that is a really important starting point, really. I think it is about shifting from being reactive to proactive again. I think that's um, a really good observation. And to some, that's going to be counterintuitive where they're going to be wanting to focus on ops, on business development, on revenue generation, on closing deals, on delivery of the sale or the service, um, managing the cash flow. So it's interesting. I, I give a couple of the clients I'm working with at the moment, we're talking about efficiencies and systems. We're talking about um, marketing campaigns and revenue. And then we're being successful in those marketing campaigns. So we've got a capacity issue within the business it's it's operational problem solving in order to drive revenue growth and profit growth and maintain healthy cash flow position while we scale. So yes, the the the, 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 the sort of theme is scaling, it's growing, it's using the opportunity now to grow. However, what we haven't done, and this is a really good uh, flag, Tony, and I've. I'll, 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 I'll sort of take that one on the chin that I should have said, no, we have to pause first. Almost that seven habits of highly effective people. Is it number seven, sharpen the saw? It's yeah. that it, it's that coming back and saying, no, let's pause. Let's re-engage with the vision. Let's re-inspire uh, uh, inspire, and get feedback and ideas, particularly if we have pivoted. And hand in the air, I haven't, I haven't done that with these clients I've been working with. Now, here's the interesting thing. If I had suggested that to those clients, I would have got a healthy and respectful degree of pushback. <laughs> so, and people listening to your suggestion here saying, um, no, 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 spend some time reconnecting with, re-engaging uh, re with the vision, inspiring people. A business owner say, cut the bollocks, I haven't got time for that. So build a case for us. What, why, why would you pause and sharpen the saw? Why would you take the time out to do that? Yeah, no, that's a, that's a fair point, actually. I think it's a matter of timing, isn't it, Gavin? Because I think um, I'm, I've only really, over the last sort of three months or so, been talking more about that. Um, and, and so, because I think a, a, a lot of, it was such an unpredictable environment for, and still is, to be fair, for 12 months or so. I mean, we went into recession, we came out of recession. So I totally respect that. It's a bit more heads down, as you say, and a bit more operational. But... The thing is, I often say this in normal times, I believe m the majority of us and the majority of businesses get way too busy with their heads down doing the do. And I, I've got this very simple concept, think, see, do. But without 
standing back from things and examining your thinking and, and how you're thinking about your world, your people, yourself, the marketplace, you will not change the way you see things. And then you'll continue to do things in a particular way. And now, you know, that's a, that's a truism for life as well as business. I think, you know, a lot of the time we can just be doing the do. But if we actually stand back and examine our thinking, shift our thinking, see our worlds differently, we do different things. We do the things that we do better. We get better results. So that would be my case for it, really, would be you want to ultimately businesses want to be more successful, uh, the people to be more fulfilled, to grow. Um, they will do that much more effectively if they, I know it's a bit counterintuitive when it's a bit panicky, but you'll do that a lot more effectively if you hit the pause button, step back from things and say, and it could well be that that recalibration leaves companies in a fairly similar place, but it may well be that there will be some important shifts in thinking and strategy that will then mean what we are doing uh, the past three months needs to change and, and people need to change behaviours and we need to change, as I say, you know, our product and service line, change what we're doing. But I, I like what you're making there about time now actually to be proactive. Now, the process that you talk about emphasising the thinking and thinking about the vision, thinking where we're going, re-engaging people. Now, for me, at a simplest level, the process of thinking is nothing other than asking ourselves or our colleagues and peers around us a series of questions and coming yeah. up with the answers to those questions. So what are some good questions that leaders, leadership teams could be asking of themselves and their colleagues now? Yeah, I guess you, you could be saying, um, which of our products are actually viable now going forwards? Yeah, good one. Um, what changes do we need to be making in our product and service offering going forwards? It could be uh, how are our customer needs changing at the moment? Has our customer base actually changed? You know, are there different people that we should be engaging with as potential customers than we have been historically? So from a, from a product and service development marketing angle, that, that for sure, I think you were touching on the culture as well, Gavin. How do we um, adapt our culture to what will be potentially a, a world that has changed forever? You know, as you were saying, yeah. we've got people who are reluctant to come back to work. We'll have people hybrid working, fully remote working. So important question is, how do we need to adapt our culture? How do we need to lead people differently to get the best out of them in what is now going to be a new world? We'll never completely return back to where it was 15 months ago. Um, so, yeah, those, those are the kind of initial questions that come to mind, Gabby, when you ask that. Great questions. Um, I want to come back to the question, how do we shift a culture? How do we lead people differently when we could have a model of hybrid working? Um, you know, I'm seeing more and more business owners. They think, right, um, I'm open to the hybrid working. We've seen how people can be productive working from home. Let's get them to come back three days a week in the office, two days a week working from home. And they've actually seen in some roles, not all, like sales roles, for example, um, too much chitter chatter in the office and they're more productive at working from home. So there's been a little bit of rever reversion and a mix. And actually, we're going back to four in this one particular case, right? You come into the office one day a week, team meetings, let's get focused, let's review progress over the last week, get you fired up and focused on the, the next week. But then you hit the phones, you hit the, you do your sales role from home four days a week because you're going to be more productive. Um, what would you say to 
the leader to the business owner who has getting some reluctance, to put it politely, from members of the team, employees that have been on furlough for, for 14, 15 months and really, quite frankly, have quite enjoyed being at home for 80% pay and don't want to come back and earn money for a living. Yeah, I think it's... Um... I think one of the things that I've said this often to leaders during this, really, I think what we have to appreciate is that people's anxiety levels are, are different, very, very different through all of this. You know, I think we've got a variety of responses going forwards. And I think, you know, leaders need to be sensitive to that fact that some people coming back into an office environment, you know, won't, won't be a problem. Others, it will will be. And I think um, so there needs to be that sensitivity. But also, I think um, there's conversations to be had about the fact, you know, it's, it's time to draw a line and we need to move forwards now. And so, um, you know, we need to look at bringing back the war workforce. And it may well be, I was funny enough, Gavin, I saw a post on LinkedIn today. I think it's something like International HR Day today or whatever. But there was this post about how challenging a time it's been for HR. But there are potentially some complex um difficulties to be navigated through with this kind of thing and i think um get the if you know for for bigger companies they may well have hr uh, functioning within there but i think some of the smaller uh, companies yeah uh, more smaller companies will may well be paying um, an outsourced hr service might yeah. they, to be able to tap into yeah but i think using that hr expertise to advise them on this um, both in terms of how to handle it sensitively but also in terms of policy and terms and conditions and what have you because as you you know you're saying it's going to be a fairly challenging uh, and choppy, choppy set of waters to to navigate through to um to actually deal with i say the anxieties of people and in some cases, people potentially using this in the wrong way as well, you know. Um, oh, there's some of that going on. You know, for me personally, I'm delighted to be going out and meeting clients again. <laughs> I, I, I just love it. Okay. I don't love the fact that I used to spend 12 to 14 hours a week traveling. Yeah, um, yeah. And and that's been reduced, which is good. But I'm enjoying the hybrid where I spend some of the work, you know, on Zoom. But it just can't be being in a room with people face to face. Yeah. The, the, the sort of energy that is exchanged, the creativity, the bouncing of ideas, the problem solving, this appreciating the vibe in the room to be able to then use that as data to get to the core of the problem. That, that's brilliant face to face. But um, yeah, clearly not everybody thinks that way. No, but they're not entirely. You know, people who are more introverted in nature probably quite enjoyed this. But I, I agree uh, with you, Gavin. I think with communication, um, there is, I mean, Zoom's great. You know, you and I are speaking on Zoom today, and I think it's been amazing. You know, if we hadn't had this, wow, yeah, that would have been yeah. a, a really, really challenging 15 months. But I think you miss certain subtleties in body language and in energy, as you were saying, when you're having conversations over Zoom. And I think the other thing I've noticed as well, when you've got um when you've got an organization when people are coming and going and what have you, and I know there's maybe a little bit of chat and what have you, but sometimes that chat can be. Uh, interested in productive whereas we tend to resume come to a meeting do what we've got to do and go away from it i think again you miss that those subtle conversations and um and what have you so i, I think there's a, a richness and fullness in communication that we are missing from having face to face like you actually i was funny enough i was out with clients 
all day last Thursday and I spent four hours traveling, <laughs> which was not something I've missed, to be honest, but it was good to be in a room with people again. Um, but yeah, we need to be clever about it, don't we? Because one of the engineering companies I work with in Lincolnshire, they might have been taking a salesperson out for the day to go up to Scotland to meet a potential client or whatever. Obviously, you know, what this has opened our eyes up to more and more, um, and it was there before, really, to be fair, um, is that ability to maybe have an initial meeting via Zoom to qualify whether it's worth spending yeah. a day sending your salesperson up to, to Scotland. So that comes back to this intelligence and, as you were saying, asking ourselves questions about what does business look like for us going forward, you know, because we have the, the ability now to carve out um, our own paths with that really to a great extent you said at the beginning um that time to be proactive leaders should help um re-inspire the, their people their team members around the vision and re-engage them what does that look like does that look like um kind of a, a town hall meeting within the all hands meeting within the business does that look like an off-site when i, I actually i'm not up to date how many people are allowed in a room at the moment but um you know <laughs> what what does it what does it look like yeah, I mean, I guess it depends on the size of the business, really. Um, I would say, ideally, if businesses can do it, and certainly some of the businesses I'm talking about, certainly at least having the senior team initially um, been able to meet in a room and talk through the vision. And, and there's various different ways of doing it. I'm sure you've got your own methodologies, Gavin. But, um, you know, I quite like a, a more visual approach to strategy in the first instance. So, um, I've often used an orbit vision approach where you'd have three circles with year one in the middle, year two is the middle circle and year three is the outer one. And then you have spokes going out saying, um, you know, different aspects of the business. That's a nice way of getting people thinking and talking. And actually, it's, it's a nice way of presenting it to people after as well. Um, yeah, so I guess with the bigger companies, well, if, if things go well with June 21st, we don't know at the minute, do we? Then companies should certainly be able to um, get an all hands meeting and share the vision after that time with the collective workforce. And, and I say, and inviting them for feedback, thoughts, um, and not just making that sort of a, a lip servicing, but really working on getting some feedback from their people on that as well. What advice would you give about revitalizing? You know, a, a key benefit from for us as human beings, as tribal creatures, key psychological benefit of being at work is we're part of something. We're part of a tribe, yeah. a, a work community. We've been separated from that, and some may have felt completely ostracised from that, depending on the, you know, whether they've been still working or they've been on full time furlough. Um, how can you, you know, it's like spaceship re-entering into the Earth's atmosphere. How can you that that re-entry? What tips or suggestions to re-engage so that you can welcome uh, uh, someone back into the tribe uh, of work? What, what advice would you give there? Hey, you know, it's, it's fascinating that you mentioned that, actually, because um, the book I'm currently, currently reading is called Selected, um, which is about evol evolutionary leadership theory. And, and the, I guess one of the basic premises about the book is, like you were saying, you know, this we, we are fundamentally quite tribal creatures and we like to have followers like to have leaders and our inbuilt psychology is built a lot on our survival being down to being part of a group by rather than being solitary creatures so yeah a really timely question is quite an interesting one um yeah i mean I, i'm talking to my companies already about um because i think 
you know, companies have done the old online quizzes with their teams and this kind of thing. But um, I think it's it's good uh, from a business sense. Even if you're going to get people working remotely, one of my companies is going to have the people pretty much the majority of the time continue to work from home. I said, but OK, but at least pull them together for a meeting, physical meeting in the offices, even if it's once a month, you know, bring everybody together. Um, another one of my companies brought everybody in on Monday, even though they're still working remotely. And and also the social side of it. I think it's a great time to think about um, in the second half of the year having some form of social event or get together um, to allow people to, to reconnect and, and not necessarily making that a one-off thing, you know, just having um, having an idea on how to bring more social uh, behaviour back to the team. And we, we need to be very mindful as well of, you know, how it's going to look when you recruit people, because um, I think it's going to be tough for people if they're joining a company they never experienced being in a room with people you know so that is so good and um a client of mine actually had um a very a, a member of the team a new member of the team that was recruited just before the first lockdown never whilst they were technically capable of the job they have since moved on and the reason for it is because they never felt a part of something and they've gone yeah. to they've gone to another more traditional kind of team office setup. Uh, where they can feel a part of something that's actually a really important point around recruitment because as in a potential uh, new hire when you're going to visit an employee a potential employee you're scanning the environment what's the vibe who are the people are they friendly do you think you're you're asking yourself a question you're pitching could i work here would i enjoy working here and if there's nobody there because they're all working from home um yeah, that, that, that's a really interesting point to, to think about. It's a point of recruitment and how you, as a, an employee, uh, employer, sorry, uh, um, you know, get more people in the office on the day when you're doing recruitment. Yeah, it- and I think we need to be careful as well of, um, you know, I think it's been fascinating. I'm sure you've found this as well, Gavin. It's been fascinating the last 15 months. You had organisations that from maybe a trust position were, were uncomfortable letting people work remotely, work from home one day a week, you know, this kind of thing. And they were forced into that position. And they've, a lot, majority, a lot of companies have found people for the most part can be trusted to get on and do the things that they need to do and balance their work out and this kind of thing. But we need to be careful of swinging it too far the other way permanently, because this has been a needs must for 15 months. But this has got to go back to really, what, what does business, what does a culture like going forwards? Because, we need to think about what this is going to be like for us all psychologically long term. If we, you know, if we're sat at home on a computer and we don't have that human engagement um, with anybody else. I mean, I'm, I, I'm sure there are studies already going on and starting to go on in, into looking at the longer term impact of that. And I think um, companies are a responsibility to think about that. What it, I mean, because the, the, the trouble is a lot of people might be thinking oh great i'll continue working from home because i don't have to drive into work and this that and the other but actually maybe it's it's not as good for them as they they think it is there are going to be some downsides that will play out over time um so i think yeah i think i i mean i i personally think looking at hybrid working and having opportunities to bring everybody together physically rather than just on screen and what have you has got to play a part for companies really in terms of the culture they build going forwards. Yeah, I completely agree. And um, I, I loved your points a little bit earlier about social activity and rebuilding the team. You know, um, the, 
performance it, you know it's a function of a number of things but the degree to which you feel safe in your working environment the, the degree to which you feel supported and you have a connection with your colleagues is a big part of an individual's ability to do their job productive, productively and effectively yeah. and there is a piece now that requires not only the piece around the vision but reconnecting as human beings re you know it's, how, how, do, how do people make friendships they spend time with each other um, in in a relaxed environment, and and that's what I think businesses need to find the time to be able to do. Whether it's, um, you know, whether it's in the outdoors, whether it's at a bowling night, or wh whatever it might be, but th they need to be spending time together. It's out for a meal, you know, go for some drinks. They need to spend some time together in order to be able to reconnect as human beings, re-establish um, those bonds, so that they can work together as a team and ultimately a high-performing team. That's and, a really, and, yeah, it's a really good point that going because I think that. Um, a lot of people do form friendships at work, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's, a, it's a great source of friendship. And if you don't have that, as you say, that sort of connectivity, it's harder to build friendships online. OK, I mean, you can do it to, to a degree, but companies need to think as well that one of the bonds, one of the things that retains people is the fact that they have got friends, not just colleagues, but friends that they've made. And the longer they're at, at a company and they build those friendships. So, again, it's another thing that's lost as if you want to call it anything like a retention strategy almost the fact that people build friendships at companies and they that's one of the blockers for them thinking about leaving and hot it somewhere else because if you've got no connection with any people there and you're not enjoying the work quite so much during a period it's easier to think oh i'll go somewhere else now then because what's holding you there really it's it's uh it's a difficult one but that actually um sort of pulls in another memory string tony that um when, if you were to be questioning, listening to this, have I got time to be organizing social events, team building events, sessions where we're um, examining our vision and re-engaging everybody in the vision, I need to get business done um, and grow revenue, grow profits. Just think about the cost that it'll take to the business if you're losing people because they're not engaged, because they don't have those connections with their colleagues and the cost of rehire. You know, yeah. um, you know, it's a significant, isn't it? It's, it's something like to a th the disruptive, the, the cost of hire, the cost of onboarding um, and, and training, something like a third of an annual salary or something. I think the statistic is. Yeah, yeah. It, it's, it's, a, it's a really high amount. So um, that's the, uh, if you were trying to justify listening to this, um, trying to talk yourself out and diminish the need for these activities to reconnect people to the vision and to, to, to develop the teams again, just think about the, the cost it could have if you start to lose people and really high quality people. Yeah, absolutely. And I think the other thing, uh, so going off a slight tangent from that, but is um, well-being, well-being became a real big thing last year and companies yeah. were thinking about staff well-being. I think there's a danger now. I've been hearing stats that well-being has been sort of dropping down the pecking order. Um, and I'm not saying it should be number one, but it should be a high priority because um, the well-being of people, as you were saying, not just costs of recruitment, but costs lost through people being off with health issues, mental health issues, stress, all of those kind of things, um, which won't be helped, I don't think, by, you know, remote remote working and also won't be helped if companies take their eye off the well-being of the people you know one of one of the companies i work with they um they did a well-being day 
in April. And I thought it was great. They invited me along to talk and it was great. And it was a great session, actually. You know, you know there were tears with the team talking to each other, sharing things about uh, their experiences, but also positive things about each other. It's quite an emotional day, but I thought it was a great thing that the head of the company did. And um, I, I said, I think we need to be, we need to be mindful of the fact that, you know, human beings are sensitive, we're social creatures and um, all of those things. And um, I think, as you say, I think it's just a, a really risky thing if you don't uh, take all that on board. And as you say, then you either got issues with um, sickness, absence, or you lose people from your organisation who are quality people, like you said, Gavin, because they just um, they just lost their connection to the company, really. And your connection to the company very often comes through your relationships with the people you work with, with your managers, with your leaders and what have you. So I think in summary, we've talked about uh, reconnecting to the, I think, I think there's a word of reconnecting, I think is probably a thread through this conversation, Tony. So it's reconnection to the vision, reconnection to each other, the team. Yeah. Um, and then if there was a third thing that we were, re- were to reconnect, what would it be? To the vision, to the team, what would be the third? Um, yeah, that's, that's a tough question. Um, it might be a reconnection to our purpose again. Why are we doing yeah, yeah, this as a company? Um, yeah, maybe, maybe, I mean, if you know, fully enough, I don't know about yourself, Gavin, I think I had my own need to reconnect with my purpose to drive my yeah, yeah. business forward yeah. the last 15 months. Yeah. So I think um, a good time as well to, you know, talk collectively about what your company's about as a business, you know, why are you there and what, what are you bringing to the people that you serve, to society, um, yeah, so I think probably that one would jump to mind as a third. And now that you put me on the spot there, <laughs> and I, if you'd have, if you'd have swung the tables around on me, that's where I'd have gone to the purpose. And I've talked previously about the importance of the north star in the business that should have stayed consistent yeah, yeah. throughout all of this. So it's reconnection to purpose, reconnection to the vision, and then reconnection to each other to the team. Yeah. Tony Brooks, thank you so much for your time today. So if anybody wants to find out more about the work that you do with SME um, from a leadership point of view with leaders and leadership teams, how do they get hold of you? Yeah, I guess uh, I'm, I'm on LinkedIn as Tony Brooks, Brooks without an E. It's uh, probably a good way to connect with me. I do, I do post quite frequently on there. I've got a podcast series myself, Gavin. Um, not quite, I don't think quite as established as yours. I think yours, yours is doing very well, but mine's called um, Leadership Mindset. And um, the website is called the Leadership Training Workshop. Um, so if people want to find me, those are probably the, the three best ways, really. Fantastic. Thank you very much, Tony. It's been a real pleasure for your insights and, and, and input today. Thank you. Thank you, Gavin. Thanks for listening to the Business Mastermind podcast with myself, Gavin Preston. You know, we love to hear from you. Let me know what you think. Like, review and subscribe on whichever podcast platform you listen to us on. It does make a difference. If you are a regular listener, why not buy us a coffee? You can do this by heading over to buymeacoffee.com forward slash business master. You'll also be able to get access to exclusive content from the guests and myself, further insights and information on the featured episodes and how you can get more access for yourself and your business. Music